to Cinema Vino. It's good to have you guys here with us. We got Sean Jordan. <laughs> is, that, is that your JCVD face? No, that's my Sean Jordan. Oh, Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um, we got Sean Jordan, Travis Bud. Hey. On the ones and twos, the threes and fours, on the rides. Um, and so, yeah. Just, just here on the triangle. Exactly. Just just playing the bongos. Ding. Playing, you know, McConaughey style, as you do. Dick out. <laughs> uh so is that the bongos? Does he play the bongos? He does. He got with, arrested playing the bongos. With his dick out. He's in the nude, you know, just enjoying a margarita. Inside his own this. house. <laughs> he was in the, the comfort of his own home. You're going to arrest a man for nude bongos? He yeah. was just in the, in the airstream playing the bongos. He was high as shit, enjoying just rocking out. Booty bongos. And it wasn't the fact that, like, other people in his neighborhood couldn't hear him, but they could see him, and they were like, Cops immediately. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If Matthew McConaughey can't play the bongos in the nude. I need to move somewhere else. While high as shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. You know. <laughs> anyway, so some Look, I mean, he's a celebrity. Uh, celebrity. The, the rules are different for him. Yeah. Anyway, like he, he gets, he can do what he wants. He's, he's a, a better class yeah. than us. He's, he's better than us in every way, shape, or form. That's he's right. a gorgeous okay. man, mm-hmm. millions of dollars. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He was in Daisy Confused. Yeah. You know? That's right. He, he's out the moon tower, as they say. Still working on McConaughey. Give me that by another three to four months. I'll be ready. It's not, not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a little practice. So. Uh, we're talking about blood sport. <laughs> was that that was more? Jeez, uh, the uh, a female lead in Raising Arizona. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm going for, Holly Hunter. You know, Holly what I'm talking about yeah. here. So I mean, that's you know, that's we gotta get real. So yeah. just talking about Nicholas Cage. So uh, blood sport. This is Sean Jordan's pick. This was his uh, contribution to the summer chaos. This is a classic, Sean. This is another one. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, you are welcome. <laughs> uh, so basically, again, for those who are coming in right now, it's like ba- we picked at the beginning uh, random movies, anything goes for the summer of chaos. And then we spin a random wheel every week, and the wheel picks the wine that we put with it. So anything goes. Basically, we threw a bunch of movies into a pot, and now we're paying the consequences. Yep. We're pay- mm. Yep. We're paying it off. Yep. Um, this week's Malbec. So we're putting a little Malbec with... Uh, with this movie. So a little bit of background on Malbec. This, what we're drinking right now is the Corazon del Sol, the heart of the sun. Um, this is from Mendoza, which is the big wine making region in Argentina. Argentina is where you're going to see Malbecs uh, as a standalone grape, as a standalone varietal. Everywhere else in the world, you're going to see it blended with other red grapes. It's one of the five classic grapes that's used in French Bordeaux. Along. Wait, you're telling me if I get a Malbec, it's... If it's only a Malbec, it's going to be Argentinian? Probably. Interesting. You're telling me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> I won't say 100% because there are a couple of domestic Malbecs. It brings up a good question. What kind of wine is Jesus? <laughs> oh. Uh, kosher. Oh, for sure. The Israeli wines. The, like an Israeli cab, for sure. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Although it started off a little watery, but then it, toward the finish it gets a little heavier and mm, more. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pairs well with wafers. Exactly. So Malbec is one of the five grapes blended into Bordeaux, um, along with Cabernet Merlot, uh, Petit Verdot, and Malbec and Cabernet Franc. Uh, West Bank Mal- uh, West Bank Bordeaux will feature Malbec as one of their main grapes, along with Merlot and Petit Verdot. So this is going to be Malbec. Wait, genuine question: West Bank, like Israel? Of Bordeaux, sorry, of the Bordeaux region. Okay. Different areas of Bordeaux, like Margot, is going to be more Merlot based. 
Um, but then, you know, other regions are going to be like Chinon is going to be Cabernet Franc based. So they have those five grapes. They kind of mix in. They kind of do different blends of those five grapes. They can only use those five grapes, but they don't have to use them all. So Gotcha. So West Bank Bordeaux are going to be Malbec, Malbec Merlot and Petit Verdot. So, hmm. um, but then you go down to Cahors, that's going to be Merlot and Malbec. So it just depends on where you go. So Malbec is a big, bold, deep, as you can see, all inky purple wine. It's dense. Yeah, this is very different from the Riesling we were just drinking. Yeah. Oh, put this next, put a Malbec next to a Pinot. Pinot looks almost red and watery compared to this. It's like a lot lighter, a lot thinner. Malbec is a big, heavy. This, this rings true of like a Thanksgiving wine. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're having lamb or something, if you're having yeah. a big meal, this, this is a good wine for a big meal. So yeah, you'll get to me, the classic flavors for Malbec, blackberries, plums, mm. Plums. Um, down in your plums. I feel this one in my plums. <laughs> uh, I hope to. To me, uh, Malbecs always have kind of a musty, earthy flavor, which makes them good with anything you're having mushrooms with. If you're having any kind of mushroom-based, like steak with mushrooms or anything Tastes stewed. Like dirt. Yeah. Got your beets, mm-hmm. sweet potatoes, yeah. mushrooms. Anything like that, uh, Malbec's a good pair. People say this is a great pair of lamb. I don't. Again, like we said last week, I don't eat lamb, so I can't say personally, but... A lot of people who know say this is a great pair with lamb. It's like a raspberry glazed chutney. Yeah. I just love the word chutney. <laughs> I usually do like a sous vide rack of lamb. What? Get it to medium rare. Ooh. Sear it. Yeah. It's great. Um, this to me, I think this is one of my go-tos for steak is Malbec. I love this with a good steak, <laughs> especially if you're doing mushrooms with the steak. So it's big. It's bold. And yeah, I mean, it's like I actually got into mushrooms because of Malbec. I used to not like mushrooms. The food or the drug? Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> Psilocybin. <laughs> but yeah, I used to not like mushrooms at all. But actually, Malbec helped me get into mushrooms and like have mushrooms with food. So um, Malbecs are very affordable. You can you can get them fifteen to thirty bucks. So you get you can get a premium Malbec. For twenty twenty five bucks, so this one's about twenty bucks. Would you recommend targeting like an Argentinian Malbec? Yes, if you're looking for a Malbec, I would go for Argentina. Um, if you're looking for a French, I would go with a Cahors. Um, that'll be a, a whole different. Uh, French tend to be a little more fruit forward. These tend to be a little like almost smokier, stodgier, a little, little more thicker, leathery yeah. flavored. You can get like that kind of saddle it's leather like chewing on a belt. Yeah, I'll say I worked in the liquor store for 10 years, and Malbecs were one of the only wines I could find. I was like, oh, Argentina. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I can find that. <laughs> you understood that reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this one clocked in about 20 bucks. So, Corazon del Sol, it's a good, it's, it's a good standalone wine. If you have people who do like Malbec, a lot of people love it, but also if you're doing a good, you know, date night, you know, meal with red meat, it's great. What's the price point? Uh, this is about 20 bucks. Also stew, pot roast or something. I think it's yes. Great. Yes. It'd be a good stew. Yes, it'd be a good, especially if you get you, get you some mushrooms pour them in there, it'd be good. I Listen, like this might be a little controversial, but sometimes when you're cooking, throw in a little dash of red wine, mm-hmm. adds to the flavor. Yeah. I mean, would this be a good one to kind of dash a little bit in there? Oh, totally, yeah. Feels like a waste. Feels like it. A little bit. I'm, I'm throwing like a nice wine into into food, but like a, a it's nice bit. to cook with the wine that you're gonna drink. Yeah. Because then you get the flavor. Yeah. I, I like the uh, little red and some some pasta sauce. That's uh. I like to get weird. Little, Is li- little, little red like kind of like the like Godfather. partner of big red? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> people always would say you know people Godfather spaghetti. 
people who knew more about wine than I did I would always say, and people who knew more about cooking than I did would say never cook with something that you wouldn't drink. You know, basically, it's like people tend to buy the cheapest jug wine they could find to pour. To throw into food, yeah. Yeah, but and then people are like, well, no, buy something that you would actually drink, you know, rather than buy garbage. So um, you don't necessarily have to go up to this level of 20 bucks. There are Malbecs in the 10 to $12 range, which aren't bad. But it also doesn't take a lot of wine to do, like, if you want to do, like, a, a braised short rib. Yeah. You don't need a lot of wine to add to that. You really cut it with beef broth or with something else. Mm-hmm. But having the wine that you're cooking with in the food really helps it pair. Yeah. Because it's going to have the same notes. And, we, like, cooking it really um, brings out a lot of flavor. We got to talk about this movie. Yes. Do we? <laughs> I just realized, like... We've spent 12 minutes. We're talking about British short rib. I know it's Cinema Vino, but this is the longest we've ever talked about wine. <laughs> I like it, though. No, I, I'm okay with it. Um, I know you're... Because I'm ready to talk about blood spin. And I have a lot of things to say. Uh, yeah, course on the soul, uh, 20 bucks. Look at it. Look at your Malbec section at your local wine store. This is a 2019, so this is prime drinking. Heart of the sun. Exactly. Bloodsport was released February 26, 1988, uh, 35 years ago, coming up on 36 years ago, not too far in the future. So February 26th? Yeah. 1988? Mm-hmm. Two days after my mom's birthday. It's a Valentine's movie. Yeah, this is two days after my mom's birthday, so this was a nice present for her. Yeah, yeah. This, this movie could run for president 35. Yeah, it's like, happy birthday, mom. Hope you like some Frank Dukes. <laughs> uh, which Based I, on a true story that's not true. Yes, exactly. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but budget of around $2 million bucks. This grossed a an incredible and unbelievable $50 million worldwide. Hell yeah. So <laughs> John claude has taken a Scrooge McDuck bath in money after he made this. This was his breakout. It was. This put him on the map. So instead of the Troll Hunter movie we just watched, we could get 10 blood sports. Yeah, exactly. For that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this did this did cost a few scruples, but... Um, <laughs> so, this uh, is about the real-life adventures, the supposed real-life adventures. The, the alleged real-life adventures of Frank Dukes. Um, oh, uh, by the way, shout-out to Marcus and Cropper. Our two like biggest fans ever. Yeah, I heard you guys hung out and and I didn't get to see them, but they listened to every every episode. So and they listened to every episode. Yeah. So uh, shout out to you guys. I miss you. Yes. Yeah. Continue. Travis loves you guys. Um, mm, I like with a certain satisfaction. Just you know, just back it off from love. Intolerates. Yeah. I don't throw that around. Okay. So uh, Duke's is uh, claims about on my lap. Sorry. This is good wine. (laughs) Dukes' claims about being in the Kumite and his uh, winning status within it have since been disputed. Uh, This movie launched the career of Jean-Claude Van Damme. He'd go on to have a pretty good career peak throughout the early to mid-90s. And later got sued by Frank Dukes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, As you do. I think if you get involved with Frank Dukes, you're going to get sued. That's just the way it is. Are we going to get sued? Probably. Dang it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that or we're going in the fighting pit one way or the other. (laughs) Kumite. You're you're, You're getting salt in your eyes. Uh, the plot is a riff on uh, Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon, where a disparate band of characters travel to a martial arts tournament and fight to the death. Uh, in this particular tale, Frank Dukes is a ranger, army ranger, assassin, special forces. Unclear. Uh, he is involved in some military branch. He's a military boy. Oh, yeah. His, his um, you know, trainer was like, uh, war is bad, and I don't condone it at all. And then he joined the army. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. Yes. There's some there's some wonderful contradictions. It's okay war. because the U.S. hasn't actually been in a war since uh, World War II. It's always just been conflict. It's always been so police it's, action. It's, it's fine. So much fun. 
So Frank Dukes is in some sort of branch of the military, and he goes AWOL, and he travels to Hong Kong. He doesn't go AWOL. He's on leave. Furlough. He's on furlough, and they tell him specifically that he can't go to the Kumite. So, okay, when we get into some weird semantics here. So if he's told that he can go, which I don't know if they can police you and what you do on furlough, but... It's like if they tell you that you're going on furlough but not to do a specific thing, but then you go off and leave and do that specific thing, it's like, are we in a weird semantics where he's like AWOL anyway? Like, So be- to be fair, he never actually went to the meeting where his boss told was going to tell him not to go to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. He just was told, hey, your boss wants to meet. He heard you're going to Hong Kong. That's when he left. I think because he disobeyed the order to meet, he might be considered AWOL. Mm-hmm. This is out of my 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 wheelhouse of military yeah. police, but I would guess they. I mean, they frown on disobeying orders. I'm guessing whatever branch. You know who in. would know? Forrest Whitaker. Exactly. He's definitely going to have to run Curry. <laughs> it's a nice Band of Brothers reference. Thank you. That's cute. Um, so he travels to Hong Kong. And like he, you do. And he gets some awkwardly built flashbacks of his tutelage under Shinzo Tanaka, who would become his sensei and adopted dad. The flashba- flashbacks are framed entirely with present-day shots of Frank staring at a sword above a fireplace. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of hypnotic. I would really like to have that as my screensaver. My, my favorite flashback by all is when the, the two boys crawl through the window mm-hmm. and are like, oh, it's a sword. Let's steal it. And then they're like, wait, someone's coming. And for some reason, inexplicably, Frank Dukes as a child crawls through the window and just kind of stands there awkwardly. Mm-hmm. One, wearing a San Francisco Giants hat <laughs> and a New York football Giants jersey, mm-hmm. which I feel like was a mistake by the costume director. Yeah. It was just like, get me giant stuff. <laughs> Whoever it is. Whatever it is. I don't care. And then he just sort of like gets punched in the nuts. He just like stands there and is just like mm-hmm. does nothing. Yeah, and the the overdub. The acting work. is so the bad. The overdub sound is makes not no great. sense. It's d- d- was that kid not speaking English? Ish. Did they just dub over it because he couldn't or he wasn't be loud enough or they didn't like the voice? It was I like don't whatever. Know. Phonetic English. Inexplicable. Almost. I loved it. I don't know <laughs> what the deal is, but that kid was bad and he should feel bad about it. Could not act to save his life. No. Yeah. He, I, I don't know how old he is, but he should still feel bad to this day. Couldn't act his way out of a Burger King bag. Can we get him on the pod? Yeah, I would love that. Get young Frank Dukes in here. Yes. I hope his voice sounds as bad as it does in that movie. Where it's like, I'm young Frank Dukes. <laughs> it just sounds poorly dubbed. Um, so uh, Frank is back uh, seeking the blessing of his sensei to go to the Kumite, which is a spot where the best fighters in the world will brawl to the death. I couldn't exactly figure out what was going on. Maybe you guys can help me. So the young, the little guy that was the guy's son dies at some point. Yep, inexplicably. I didn't get any idea of what happened to him, but and I wrote in my review that I couldn't tell what was going on if he got killed, if he got killed in one of these tournaments. or I like, think he was too young to have been killed in one of he, I, he couldn't have been killed in Kumite. He was way too young. Okay. Yeah, because they mentioned Van Damme is too young when he shows up. Yeah. Uh, for uh, for a while there, I was staring at the same fireplace. And there, was. I don't he's know the same on. age as, <laughs> as the kid. So he had to have died in like some sort of, I don't know, blood disease yeah. or car accident. I picture like a piano fell on his head. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. they opened up the piano. and like Can't his, punch your way out of that. His teeth were all the keys. <laughs> they kept, they fell out one at a time. <laughs> and But they each played a note as they fell out. Ooh. <laughs> um, so we don't know what happened to the kid. I'm glad you guys confirmed that for me. I'm not stupid. And I was like, I don't know what happened to this guy. Uh, I just looked it up. And the kid who played... Young Frank was named Pierre Raffini. This is the only movie he's ever been in. 
Understandable. Good. <laughs> so, Pierre, if you're out there, but get God bless us. you. Call us. I'm guessing he's probably not an American child, so maybe Rafini doesn't sound American. Yeah, or Pierre. It's like he's probably trying his best with English. As is Jean Claude Van Damme. I write that in my review that he Jean Claude Van Damme play, plays an all American badass, except that he's Belgian and doesn't speak great English. Mm. So, Brussels from Brussels. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so what follows in this film is not exactly rocket science. Frank enters the tournament, which is a glorified gym fighting pit that looks like it's permanently covered with a layer of sweat and dried blood, including some occasional teeth and gold teeth, which land on the gym to be scooped up by the Matt boys. Oh yeah. Um, Matt boys. I wrote in my notes the entire night. It's like ring girls, you know, with the cards. Only much grosser. (laughs) They just eat teeth. (laughs) Uh, this entire movie looks like it could use a trip through the car wash and just good, strong scrubbing. Affirmative. Um, uh, while there, he meets Jackson, who's a big, burly biker dude who will become his best buddy slash sidekick. Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Best buddy, big biker Ogre. Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, and Frank is both a lover and a fighter, so he gets to charm Janice, played by Leah Ayers. She's the one-dimensional love interest who becomes so concerned about Frank's fighting, she will turn him into the army dudes, and then a few scenes later be cheering him on like a crazy little league mom. <laughs> and a turn that makes no sense at all. And speaking of the army guys, uh, the two goobers who were sent to apprehend him uh, definitely come from the Mo and Larry uh, school of law enforcement. Which I have to assume they're military police. Yeah. Right? Them, I mean, but that, the enforcement arm Forrest of the military. Whitaker. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker, just for no reason. And it's like. Saw Guerrero's in there. Yeah. This is beneath him. And I'm, I'm, I wrote. Not at the time. I wrote in my review of like half of the good pratfalls these guys take wherever they are, like in a boat or something. I expect like little cartoon Tweety Birds around their heads, yeah. like little chirping birds. Yeah. yeah. What uh, What year did Beverly Hills Cop come out? Because I, I that's what I felt these guys were just following them around. Yeah, 80, that was eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. Beverly Hills okay. Cop. But I felt they they needed two bumbling guys like following him around at all times. All the other military guys in the movie were idiots. Like the guy, like you know, you don't taking a shower in there. What's going on? And then they, he goes in there and you know, <laughs> how do you lose a guy in the shower? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I know he's Frank Dukes uh, and everything. They're very slippery. Yeah. Hard to get a hold of. It's all soapy. <laughs> but then he goes, wait, wait a minute. There's, no, there's nothing but steam in here. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I don't want to see your face again until Frank Dukes is standing next to it. <laughs> that sounds like you're Becky. <laughs> <laughs> don't put it out with your bait stand. Nathan, that's gross. <laughs> okay. So that's what I've got for notes. Um I'm curious. You guys have both seen this. I had never seen it. You'd never seen it. I want to hear your your thoughts first. This was fucking delightful. Now, I'm going to give it a 7.5. But for what it was, my God. Um, Does does it change your your rating if you know that this movie was lightly the inspiration for Mortal Kombat? I could see that. Um, No, you know, uh, it's a 7.5. But for nostalgia, it probably gets a, an eight, you know, point five bump. I can see it being higher, but this seems like a lot like Die Hard. It has influenced like several movies that have come after that, mm-hmm. and this this is so in the cultural zeitgeist. I've seen so many of these gifs hey, of the Sean crazy Ford. like zeitgeist. Uh, faces uh, nice, when they're nice like smashing people's nuts or you know or make it into the zeitgeist forehead or or I thought. They were killing dudes left and right in this uh, just, just the one dude. But it wasn't until the end. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Is this one guy that... Ki-? And I thought Ogre... Uh, sorry. 
uh, Ray Jackson. Mm-hmm. I thought he was dead. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, I get it. He's so bad. I was like, wait, do you he just has a bad headache and he got better? Do you have a favorite gif that's been made out of this movie? Uh, yeah. It's Jean-Claude's face just. <laughs> My favorite Near is, the end. is uh, he's going like this. He's doing his, his fists down, but someone superimposes maracas over them. Oh, he's <laughs> so he's just shaking hardcore. maracas. Um. I love all the splits also in this. Oh, he does his splits seven times. Yeah. yeah. Signature move. Mm-hmm. Seven times doing the splits. There was a uh, a guy that was on Howard Stern back in the day when uh, uh, Howard Stern was on E, the um, television show. He had his, uh, or they would film it. And this guy was like, yeah, I beat up Van Damme one time. He was being an ass and this, you know, being real cool, had his uh, VIP bottle area in, in the club. And I was like, oh, we're going to fight. So I just started swinging on him before he could get out of his table because I know if he got out and could use his <laughs> legs, I was dead. Ass. But that was his big thing. I have no idea who this guy was. Yeah. But he, his claim to fame was he beat the shit out of Van Damme. Um, it's not as good about as the story from Steven Seagal, what I guess Steven Seagal was like kind of a dick to hitting everybody in the nuts. Stuntmen. Yeah. So like his, well, his, he's really like rough on his stuntmen. And so I guess one stuntman was like called him out and was like, "Hey, like let's fight. You can't beat me." And he was like, oh, "Yeah, I can." I'm for Steven Seagal. <laughs> he put him in a chokehold and made him shit himself. Seagal? So, yeah, Seagal nice. shit himself. <laughs> At least that's the story. Allegedly, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. I well, and it. now Steven Seagal is out supporting Russian oligarchs. So, yeah, fuck that guy. Continuing continue to shit himself. <laughs> yeah. But I loved. Uh, so I, I had to look because. It, this has this movie has everything. Has the good old love scene at the end. However, all we see are Van Damme's butt JV's cheeks. Butts. In, and I'm, I was like, this is rated R? This movie, if you have an R rating and you're all about the violence, I need an equal amount of sex. Like, I need some... This movie needed some titties. I'm not comfortable with anybody referring to Jean-Claude's Van, Van Damme's butt cheeks without the word taut in front of them. They were taut butt Taut butt cheeks and yeah. a little red speedo. You gotta, those butt cheeks, you have to pay respect. That underwear was not a spe- That was borderline thong. Yeah. He was straight up rocking some high-waisted Look, I saw, I saw that, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to see some titties. <laughs> and then he laid there in bed with, for an extended period of time, and he was like, I'm sorry. I've got to go. I can't help you. But I'm really hot. <laughs> I kick really high. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I understand. And then he leaves. And I was like, no titties. Yeah. That, that was weird. I, I actually stopped in the middle. I went and I was like, is this rated R? It is rated R. I better see some tit. Yeah. You see his butt? Mm-hmm. That's not enough. You bounce a Kennedy half dollar off that butt. You could bounce a lot of stuff off that mm-hmm. butt. And I it's love the try. Tot. tot. Also, I mean. Do you think it's still that tot? The the only other. Uh, Ish. Hmm. Only other reason I can't give this a full 8.5, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. There's like one woman at a period the entire movie. I love that. But this was great. I loved uh, every minute of it. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, I love all of the, like, looking at it, and and even all the the flashbacks at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is terrible. And also the um, him... Uh, after his friend gets injured, he's like, yeah, I've got to go into this last fight. And he starts 
thinking about all this stuff and about the uh, leaving the hospital and his girlfriend yelling at him. And he's sitting there and that pops up in the background, uh, this flashback of him thinking about it on the train. I was like, that happened 30 seconds ago. Hold on. Not just the train. It's like a bus ride with like a sad music montage. Yeah. The music was dope, too. And he's just looking out the window and there's like a sad song. Yeah. And he's just listening and he sees in the reflection. He sees the bad guy. Mm -hmm. He looks over and he's not there. Yeah. Can I tell you that the the song that was playing during the, the sad bus ride reminded me exactly of like basketball. Where yes. one of them is driving, it's like, if you think that you are an asshole and everything you do is wrong, and you're just trying to do right, but you can't do right again, like 100%, that was that song. Yeah. And I loved it. All the songs in this movie feel like they were performed by Dirk Diggler's band and Boogie Nights. Yes. Yeah. It's like, feel, 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 feel my heat. <laughs> And what, what, like, I'm a survivor or something? To survive. Yeah, that would be on, like, my, my gym mix if I went to the gym. 100%. <laughs> um, so you're a 7.5. Seven, 7.5 five in bold underline. <laughs> um, so, Sean? Oh, yeah, this is a 10. This is my movie. I'm, I'm going to jump out ahead of you. It's This movie is so good for so many reasons. It... Um, you know, sometimes we go back and we watch these movies and you understand why, um, you know, stereotypes exist or why there's like sort of those like cliches. Yeah. This movie sets up the cliches. Like this is Bloodsport. This is the movie that sets up everything else. Like, yeah, Enter the Dragon is obviously like one of the most iconic kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. This is setting up like the 80s kung fu movie. Mm-hmm. Like that was 1973. This is 1988. And the 90s video game. And the 90s video game. Mm-hmm. This sets up like the entire, well, obviously Jean-Claude Van Damme's entire career after this is springboarded off of Bloodsport. Yeah. You know, we've got Kickboxer in 92. Mm-hmm. We've got everything going up through, I think about 98. He's got about, impact. He's got about a decade. Is there a double team where he's or his own team. twin? I think it's double impact. Double impact? Yeah. Yeah. Which one has Dennis Robin? Oh God, I don't know. Oh yeah. Then there's one where Dennis Robin has a bomb in like the Super Bowl or something. Yeah. And that's strong. That's a strong movie. Hmm. We need to go back. We need to do a whole JC, JCVD series. Yeah, a deep dive. Culminating in 2008's JCVD. Exactly. Um, but like this is this is what sets up his career, and this is sort of like a new era of action heroes, mm-hmm. right? Like a new era of kung fu, because you have obviously you have the Bruce Lee era. The JCVD era, um, you know, he he has like a corner on the market at this point, and Steven Seagal comes in there around the same time, but he can't hold a candle, you know. I feel like later you f- you feed directly into the Jackie Chan era. Yeah, yeah, and and mm-hmm. the Rush Hour mm-hmm. period. So, oh, I I have one other thing. The even the flashback at the beginning, it wasn't super well executed. The the script I feel like wasn't terrible. It could sure. use a few if, if you have an actor who can I mean, say it, lines. It just no. I, I feel like it could have been better shot, I guess. Those like they, they just shoehorn so much into the first like yes. ten minutes. He's just like my first family died at in Hiroshima. <laughs> yeah. like, I was in the war. That's like a whole I've sworn off war. That's like a whole movie's worth of exposition right there. Oh, it, they, they, they yada, yada, yada over the entire plot in the first 10 minutes, and then they just sort of go into the action. That's mm. what I love. It's so good. <laughs> I thought it was going to end with him like bringing the katana back to the old man. No, nope, they don't even give a shit about no, family. No, she just no. gives him the weirdest little... 
<laughs> Which I, I don't know. Did give, give him, you know, the little nod. The little nod with the. She the doesn't even get on the airplane. She yeah. just no. rode the bus she, to look she, yeah, at him get on, on the bus. Yeah. Like, we don't need, like, what was the impact of the story that she wrote? Did the Kumite end? We don't know. Yeah. Sequel. Exactly. Blood Oh, actually, two. weren't there more? I have no idea. I don't know. There were, but none of them had Van Damme. Okay. Yeah. There were no taut matter. butt cheeks. Taut butt cheeks. Um, God, this movie has everything. Mm-hmm. It has a great soundtrack. It has great action. It has dudes getting punched in the nuts. Pretty good weather. Great weather. Hong Kong. So this, uh, this I think, was like one of the few movies that was allowed to shoot in, in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Mm-hmm. Because like this part of Hong Kong, they weren't allowed to really, there weren't a lot of filming rights. Yeah. They get some shots. I mean, like the one where he's on top of the building, like cool doing shot. Yeah, uh, with the Hong Kong Just skyline. Just doing the, the splits. Yeah, like he does. Again, it's like, man, those are some good looking buns. Good looking buns, man. Yeah, this man has buns, mm-hmm. buns for days. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, the buns budget of this movie. Mm. <laughs> Out this world. Um, do I give it a ten? Yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's not the same ten that I'm going to give other movies. Obviously, it's not Jaws. It's not Jaws, but it is Bloodsport, and Bloodsport is a fun movie. It can't be quickly boiled down to just 45 minutes. It's a full two yeah. hours of yeah. of love, and like, there's some dude love in there. Like he's he's got a friend. He made a friend just by said, guy. I love you. There's he's, a bromance. Yeah. There is. It blossoms. Mm-hmm. You don't need the Bechdel test. You have two dudes yeah. who love yeah. each other. They yeah. had better chemistry than him and his love interest. They did. I mean, to quote Carl Weathers in Arrest Development, it's just two people making a stew together. <laughs> two you know? people making a stew. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I'd ten. I'd say it's a broth. Ten, ten, ten. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, my... M- my rating is going to be a little more nuanced because it's like, obviously, <laughs> it's bullshit. Pinky out. Here you go. <laughs> you really taste the tannins in this Malbec. <laughs> taste the tannins in this blood sport. <laughs> this wine's good. Tastes like grapes. <laughs> Tan. Um, nostalgia. Obviously, I, I watched this as a kid. Did you? Oh, I rented this several times. Yeah. I went through a, I went through a phase of Seagal, Van Damme. Martial arts movies. I went through kind of an under siege. Let me ask you this: mm. What was the last martial arts movie you watched? Man, I mean, outside the podcast, I don't know. It's been a little bit. I actually went back and rewatched. Have we done any other martial arts movies? I'm trying to think. I'm because sure. there, there are some on my list that I really want to get to. We like, doing Battle Royale. I mean, God damn it! I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Was Mean Guns a martial arts movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> what no. is what genre is Mean Guns? So I need help with that. Action. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Okay. It's just to shoot him up. Uh, just guns. So I, I'll, I'll recommend, and we'll get to this at some point in the podcast world. Of, I want to do a Tony Jaw movie, which is Muay Thai. He's like a Thai, like really good, like Muay Thai artist. Yeah. Um, and then also, if you've ever seen Ip Man, mm-hmm. Ip Man's really Donnie. Good. Uh, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Yeah. yeah. I'd Don- love to do a John Wick series too. Yeah. Because he's in four. Yeah. Oh yeah, plays a blind hitman. Now, okay, what is he's not blind, and yet he's played a blind character in two movies. Yeah, and what? very well. Yeah, it's it's weird that it's happened twice. Mm-hmm. Um, what is? I, I want to say what is your definition of a kung fu movie, but yeah, fuck it. What's your definition of a kung fu movie? I would say it's a movie where the main protagonist is like a reluctant hero who specializes in martial arts. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know. I mean, I would do an even broader definition of like, I don't know, but I know it when I see it. I know it <laughs> like when I'm watching it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always think, uh, like, it, it's one of those things where, 
where it's very light on story, where we just need two to three story beats. It's exactly, and and it is interesting that you liken it to porn. I know it when I see it. Um, Because I feel like that's exactly a kung fu movie, is those are the type of actors that you have that have five minutes of dialogue, and then we go into a 20-minute scene. Yeah, like two of the guys in this movie were in Enter the Dragon. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like... The, and they're not necessarily super successful, but I really like all the. Uh, I will. I love a good ten to fifteen minute like kung fu battle, yeah. and then where it's fight like, montage. Exactly a yeah. fight montage, or like several people God, all involved, or one fight person montage. fighting like fifty. I, I wouldn't. Let me ask you this. Uh, so, um, little ninjas. Three ninjas. Three ninjas. Three ninjas. Sorry. Yes. Three ninjas. Mm-hmm. I mean, not... It's a kung fu movie, for sure. Here's the question. Because uh, we did Kill Bill. Is that a martial arts movie? I would say so, yeah. yeah. I would say the end of the first Kill Bill, where she's fighting, like, the 50, the crazy 88s. That is my idea. Like, that. that's that's a kung fu movie. I'd say it's a kung fu movie. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. the second one, she goes to see, what, Sonny Chiba's character in the in the woods or whatever, the mall. And that's more well, Western. And Tarantino obviously draws heavily from Enter the Dragon, you know, just like he does with... You know, westerns. Mm-hmm. But I think Quentin Tarantino very specifically drew from Bruce Lee. Yeah. So, and right now, yeah. it's like the 16 millimeter like film stock that yep. he filmed with. So, yeah. Um, so, my thought, and again, you have to read my review. And really, it's like I try to straddle the both sides of the fence, but it's like this is like one of the greatest and one of like the most awkwardly built movies ever made at the same time. Yeah. This is not a good movie. It's like it's entertaining, but it's very clunky. Yeah. It's hilarious, but it's unsmiling. It's very serious. Like, it's a, it's a silly movie that takes itself deadly serious. You can kind of see why our former president, Trump, loves it so much. I, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> That's That might allegedly. be apocryphal, but that, that seems right to me. Um, Broken clock is right twice a day. It, exactly. <laughs> Um, John Claude Van Damme is a very one-note actor, but also that becomes part of this movie's charm. It, it it joins forces with all the other traits. This movie has rickety dialogue, characters that don't make any sense, and I think shifting rules of the Kumite, where it's like, what kind of tournament can you throw salt in somebody's eyes and use the ref as a human shield? Yeah, which that was a, salt. I thought it was like chalk at first. It, it's it just like such a, a classic like kung fu movie. Like, good guy has the upper hand. Obviously, he's about to win. Bad guy starts to play dirty, obviously because he's the bad guy. Yeah, it's Karate Kid. He sweeps the lake. Yeah, and, I mean it goes all the way back to like the original Ben Hur of like you know I'm losing the chariot race. I'm a doctor the guy's freaking wheels. So mm-hmm. that's right. They fall. I just watched Gladiator the other day. He gets stabbed uh, before he get, the he fight. He stabbed gets yeah. stabbed before the fight. Yeah. Still wins. Got um, what? Uh, it, they had to get the the um, arena ready for the last fight, and all they did was put it on a slope like Tony Hawk. Like I was like, yeah, he put him on a on a half pipe. Yeah, mm-hmm. like what was the? I really was hoping for more. No explanation. Yeah. No explanation. I was either. hoping, like all the yeah, n- nothing extra cool happened. Nope, it's just a little slope. Um, they could have had like, like one small guillotine on like a rope. <laughs> it's like a battle box. Swipping back <laughs> it's and like forth. Cool, it you'd have like to like razor blades on the side. Actually, yeah, that'd be great if it did a teeter totter move. While a a like a swinging guillotine was going all over the place, and you weren't quite sure where it was going to hit, mm-hmm. that's it. That's the sequel. That's a, this is the remake. Yeah, I would do it. It's the remix. Um, so this is, and I said you, know, you can't forget about the wacky, coked out '80s soundtrack. 
God you know? damn, it's so good. Um, but yeah, this is to me is guilty pleasure entertainment at its finest. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. That affects my rating. It's like you have to be. It's fair. You have to have. I, honestly, I think the right sense of humor and be in the right mood for it. Now, and again, that's not true of everybody. But I, no, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think in the wrong mood, it's going to fall on deaf ears. The right mood, it's it's just a ball to watch. It's just a fucking hoot nanny. Uh, hoot nanny is right. Yeah. yeah. Was this so, Paul Herzog did the uh, album of uh, Bloodsport? Proud we are of him. I don't, um, I, I don't want to like pigeonhole myself, but I feel like with me having picked this and having picked Over the Top and having picked Rainbow, Rainbow 3... three you have a type. I do have a type, and I'm very self-aware of it, but I don't know why. I just love these movies. Yeah. I mean, they're campy. They're, you know, and it's weird because it's on, they're almost before your time. It's oh, they're like, definitely before my time. For, this movie came out two years before I was born. Yeah. For me, it's like they have the nostalgia of, I remember watching with the kids, like, yeah, you know, get people getting socked in the nuts. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Johnny Cage. In my review, I so used... That's who he, mm-hmm. yeah. JCVD was based on. Exactly. I used the term man marbles, and I'm very proud that I <laughs> came up with that. So there's that. Um, nostalgia, I'll give this a 7.5. Actual review, like, again, Pinky's Out review, I'll give it a 5.5. Fair. Somewhere. That's totally fair. Yeah. There you go. My criteria that I keep going back to for a 10 is... Because I always ask myself, like, okay, am I going to give this, you know, an 8, a 9, a 10? You know, what brings a movie from a 9 to a 10? And it's always, does it make me feel things? Mm -hmm. You know, and some movies make you feel things that are like, this makes me feel sad. This makes me feel happy. This movie just makes me feel, like, good, (laughs) you know? But it does appreciably affect, like, my mentality. And it's like, this movie is a 10. You come away entertained. I I just come away with, like, a fucking grin on my face. Yeah. Halfway through this movie, I'm just smiling. When was the first time you saw it? Oh, probably 10, 15 years ago. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's just campy 80s nostalgia right down to the fucking synthesizer, like, ambient soundtrack. When they're, like, walking forever through that tunnel to the tournament where it's just, like, this... Yeah. Sleazy, disgusting, dystopian tunnel that they're so walking through. So the Blu-ray I own is um, half Bloodsport, half Time Cop. Oh. Yeah, Time Cop doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't. That's uh, the one where he goes back to save his wife, who is yeah. the gal from Legend. I mean, maybe I need to revisit. And Ferris Bueller's. Yeah, they are. But Bloodsport, I love Bloodsport. Yeah. Time Cop. Yeah. But so we need to. We're, we're going to do double impact for the twin series. So. Hell yeah! <laughs> Only one man can stop Van Dam. That's right, Van Damme. himself. <laughs> um, but anyway, this has been another episode of Cinema Vino. Uh, Corazon del Sol Malbec, uh, clocking in around twenty bucks. It's a good little Malbec. Uh, pretty good, uh, heavy heavy food wine, but also not a bad outdoor wine, especially coming into fall. Uh, when the weather gets a little bit chillier, this is a good wine to warm you up. Mm. So once mm. it, once the tip, not I won't go so far as to call it a winter weather wine, but like once it gets like leaves changing kind of thing, it's autumnal for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a sit outside and on the on the porch and just enjoy the evening wine for sure. Um, but yeah, great movies. Only drunker. Fight to survive. Uh, next time we're doing Legend. Yeah. On Tom Cruise. Is that your movie as well? Yep. Okay. I was gonna say that's not my pick. Yeah, so which I've already I'm halfway through. Ooh. I watched half of it today. Which version, director's cut or the regular? There's the, o- the OG. Okay, the original soundtrack. I was gonna watch both. Tangerine Dream. But yeah, okay. So, uh, Cropper, Marcus, shout out to you both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I love you. Lovely young man. 
great movies. Only Drunker. Sean Jordan. Hey. Travis Bud. Boy. Brabs Tud. My name's Todd Wofford. And uh, we'll get Tay back in here next time for you. That's just how it goes. He is deep into a Zoom call. Can we so. call him Kuma Tay? <gasps> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we will see you guys next time. Be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our website is cinemavino.net, and reviews of these films can be found at toddwaffordmovies.com. Soul Simon. <laughs> <laughs>